For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Ian Cleary, and we're going to talk about marketing tools for bloggers. If you're a blogger or you have a blog or you work for a company that has a blog, you definitely do not want to miss this episode. Also, if you've got any reason to want to contact me, well, my email address, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com, comes directly to my email inbox. So with that, let's transition over to today's awesome new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, Eric Fisher joins us with a brand new find. Eric, what did you discover? I found Mile IQ, a cool kind of smart drive detection app that's going to help save you money if you're a person who deducts your driving miles each year off your taxes. Mile IQ. So yeah, tell us what it does and and uh, yeah, elaborate a little bit more. Yeah. So what it does is essentially when you start driving and you've got this app installed on your phone, it will detect your drives and start logging them automatically. What it then does is calculate those drive distances and it will even go further than that and calculate their value. In other words, what uh, type, they've got the data already based in the app on how much a deduction per mile kind of you Yeah, know, I think there's a is. federal so, yeah. amount. I don't know, it's 40-some cents or something, I think, Yeah, in so they so they take that rate, and then right then and there, after you've done some mile, or, you know, done some miles, done some drives, whatever, you can even not even touch it for, you know, a month, and then just go in and swipe left or swipe right and say, nope, that was a personal drive. Yes, that was a business drive. It will give you the location of start and finish, Pretty cool, actually. That is really cool because I have one of these old-fashioned little things in the side between the two front seats, you know, and I have to remember to pull it out and hand right in there, um, you know, the the mileage at the start and the reason for the trip. Do they do they allow you to add the reason for the trip? Because I know that's something you're supposed to document. Yeah, I think so. I think that one of the things, I mean, you can add, you know, notes once you're gotcha. looking at the actual drives. And, and um, one of the cool things is that, you know, if you're somebody who's not, you know, deducting a ton every month, you get 40 free drives in a month. Past that point, you can up, up, uh, upgrade to unlimited for like a $5.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Again, depending upon how often you do these things and how often you've forgotten to log these, that's probably going to save you much more over than paying that 
again. Okay, so yeah, just to be clear, it's a free app. Yes. As long as, as long as you don't. I mean, I could see how if you have it on all the time, can you turn it on and off or no? Yep. Yeah, you can. Yeah, if you had you it on all set. the time and you're commuting back and forth, I mean, I could see how you could go through quite a few a day, right? Like uh, you yeah. got your trip to work, you got your lunch. If you're going out for lunch and then you got coming back and then you have your trip home, there's four right there. So yeah. I would imagine if you just remember to, yeah, but so that 40 could go by really quite quickly. Yeah, there's a there's a there's actually a setting called uh, work hours, so you can set that and turn that on, and then it'll know automatically that it is. Oh, very cool, very so, cool. So, what's it called again? It's called Mile IQ, and you can find it at mileiq.com. And is it purely Mac thing, or or is it uh, Android? It is on both iOS and Android. Very cool. Eric, thank you so, so much for sharing this. I know there's a lot of people listening like right now that are like, yes, that's exactly what I need. I <laughs> you know, hope that I just saved you a ton of money, people. I'm so <laughs> glad to help. Or at least some deductions. Yes, exactly. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show. Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app, and happy listening. With that, let's transition over to today's awesome interview with Ian Cleary. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Ian Cleary. If you don't know who Ian is, he is the social tools guy. His blog, RazorSocial.com, has placed in our top 10 social media blogs contest for three years in a row. He's also the founder of the Digital Influencer Club. Ian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Mike. I'm delighted to be on it. So let's start with your story because today, well, actually, before we get into your story, today we're talking about blogging tools and apps and things to make the life of the blogger a little bit better. So I want to start with a little bit of your story on blogging. Like, how'd you get into blogging? Sure. Well, I had in Ireland, I had a social media training company and I had a blog and I failed miserably at it because I wasn't really particularly passionate about it. And I was blogging just because people said I should blog. And I think that's the trap a lot of people fall into. And then I read this unbelievable book by a guy called Mike Stelzner. You Who? might have heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the book called Launch. And it actually gave me a formula for blogging. And then I went, wow, I'm doing it all completely wrong. So I thought I'd love to set up a blog. And I'd done some research online and I found that there was a, in the US was where most of the social media influencers were and you know tools and tech was popular on the blogs but nobody was focused particularly on the tools and tech side of social media so i said to my wife right i'm going to hop on a plane i'm going to go to new york i'm going to go to a conference and i'm just going to go on this journey and i'm going to blog all the tools and technology without really knowing where i was going to make money from it but I, I knew I was going to just really focus on it. So it's a funny when I went into the conference, it was NMX New York. I was queuing up for about an hour and a half. And who did I see walking the door except you, Mike? So I was thinking, 
will I drop out this queue and start the queue again or will I just go over to Mike? So I said I'd go over to you. Uh, we got, I got a picture with you and then actually later on we ended up having lunch together, which was just unbelievable because it was my first time at any of these conferences. And uh, yeah, and then I started really taking it seriously with the blogging and then I got an opportunity to write for Social Media Examiner and that made a huge difference. That made things move an awful lot quicker for me. Well, um, that's an awesome story and the kinds of stuff that you've written about over the years has really been, you know, here's the tool, here's my review of it, here's what I think about it, or here's a number of tools, or here is a bunch of thought leaders and here's what they think about this or that. And you've actually been quite successful. So congratulations. I mean, you're you're one of the very few people that I know, Ian, that have followed the formula of my book launch and and frankly, had I mean, I haven't met many people that have followed it. I mean, I know thousands of people have bought the book, but I think a lot of people buy a book and they just kind of don't act on it. And it's so cool to see that you did. So um, you're a blogger. You're a social tools guy. You're really, like I said, the social tools guy, uh, probably the leading guy that I've ever met. So um, let's start digging into some tools for bloggers uh, or plugins um, you know, that make the job of blogging easier? Where do you want to start? Wherever you want. I suppose the um, one area to start, I suppose, is the an editorial calendar, I think, is really important as a blogger. Because I don't think it matters whether you're one person in a team or 10 people, you still need to, you know, plan out your blogging. So I always put things into a calendar. Now, at the moment, I'm using a plugin. It's a WordPress plugin called EditFlow. And it allows me to have different statuses. So I create content. I'm not great at imagery. So I have somebody that helps me with imagery. And I have an editor just to make sure my content is really good before I post it out. So within Editflow, when I create a, a post, after I'm finished, then I'll, I'll assign it over and change status and pass it over to the person that will do the imagery. And then that will be moved on to the editor. And then I'll be ready to post so I have all the different statuses set up in Edaflow. And the other thing I do is when I have a rough idea for a blog post, I put it into Edaflow. I mark it as a pitch status, which just means, you know, it's it's a rough idea. So anytime I go to the blog, I always have some posts there or ideas that I can start writing content about because the worst thing is sitting down and not having any idea what to write about. Uh, yeah. By the way, I want to talk a little bit more about EditFlow. Unless you had, did, you have something more to say about EditFlow? Well, I was just going to mention that CoSchedule is another excellent tool. Um, I've been using EditFlow for a while. I think I'll probably try CoSchedule as well because that's developed some great functionality over the last year. So that's a a, a good alternative. EditFlow we've been using for a while. EditFlow has not been updated in years, and it is still quote unquote a beta. Um, and one of the cool things that we like about edit flow is it allows you to have a conversation in line in an article. So for example, we have different editors and they can leave questions in when you, you know, when you pull up an article in WordPress, they can scroll down to that section and they can have comments and dialogue inside the draft of the, not, not in the actual writing of the article, but below the article so that they can, you know, one of our editors can say, hey, I noticed that there's a problem here. And it all kind of stays right there with the article, but it's not inside the article. It's below the article. That's the main reason we use it. And it allows our team 
to just kind of have a dialogue, not just check a box, but actually have a dialogue and it all lives and it's all documented right inside of that little comment plugin. Now, one of the things that we've noticed using EditFlow is some of the stuff is kind of buggy. And we tend not to use a lot of the functions of EditFlow because we've just noticed certain issues um, going on. So you got to use that one with caution because while it's a great one, it hasn't been updated in forever has been my experience. And I don't know if you've had any of that kind of experience with it at all either or no. Yeah, I mean, we we use, there's a, a, you know, the functionality we use, we have no issues whatsoever with it, works perfectly. But like you say, it hasn't been updated for a long while. So if I was starting a blog now, I'd probably look closer towards co-schedule because, you know, that's, it's growing and they're adding functionality and they're improving it all the time. It just happens that Edaflow works really well for us. Right. And the thing about it is, is the concept is that you need a good editorial process, no matter what size you are. So you need to have that editorial process, even if it's you're using Excel to track things in the short term, but something that helps you manage that, that process. Cool. What else do you recommend from the WordPress side of things? Well, you'll probably have, you know, you probably have a Yoast SEO plugin installed that helps with optimizing your content. Despite what everybody says, you know, optimizing your content for Google is still extremely important. And Yoast makes that quite easy because it gives you, you put in the keywords that you want to rank on and then it it shows you an indicator which could be, you know, red or it could be green saying green saying that's okay. You know, you've optimized this section correctly. So it's even if you don't know a lot about SEO, that's a tool that can help and you don't need to know a lot about it. So I definitely use that as a tool as well. I've got, yeah, I've got a couple comments on Yoast. Um, we sure. love Yoast, and I think the key thing you need to remember about a lot of these plugins is many of these plugins do some things well and some things not well. What Yoast is really good at is is its integration with the SEO side of things and helping you understand whether you've got too many words in there for Google search and how it's going to look like in Google search. But what Yoast is not good at is their uh, social sharing components. So Yoast... Yoast's philosophy of development is um, push it out and fix it later. And they are constantly iterating. And the problem is that a lot of times they publish things with bugs. And we've had Yoast bring down Social Media Examiner before, um, particularly on the social component side of it, like the way that they integrate the Facebook Open Graph and Twitter cards and stuff is not as strong as um, dedicated plugins. So this is just kind of a word of caution that sometimes these bigger plugins tend to offer lots of features that appear to be really good, but it's outside their core competency. And sometimes you're better off getting specialized plugins that just do some of these functions. I don't know if you've experienced that as well, Ian, or not. Yeah, actually, there's a sitemap functionality within Yoast is not particularly good. So we replace the sitemap functionality Yoast. So we just stick to the SEO functionality within it. It works really well. Excellent. Um, I know that you mentioned something called uh, Uprise. Can you tell us what that is? Uh, yeah, you and so I were talking about this before the show. Yeah, there's two just two different tools in the space. Well, there's a load of different tools, but two of them are Buzzumo, which you probably may have heard of, and Uprise, the second one. They're, they're research tools for if you're creating a piece of content and you want to see, for example, is there another piece of content out there that's extremely popular related to those keywords? 
So you go to either of these tools, you put in the keywords, and it's going to produce a list of content uh, across the web, and you'll see which one has got the most shares. So that gives you, you can go into that and see, well, why was this content shared a lot? It might have been because it was very detailed, it could, might be because it has an infographic in it, or it included lots of influencers. So you're just doing the research to see when you're writing that content, you want to make it better than that. So well, and, and the other side of it is you could find a deep article in buzzsumo.com or uprise.io that you might want to cross link to in your article, right? Like for more, for more on this, click here, right? Um, yeah, th- not, I mean, not just, just as a, not just as a, Hey, what are the most shared articles look like and how should I model them? But maybe even just like, Hey, you know, you might want to cross link to some of those. Yeah, there's two. You could, like you say, you could link link out to them. Or the other side is you could open up them articles and see if they're ranking highly in Google. You can see then are they getting links to them articles, and if they're getting links to the articles, and your article is more up to date or better, you could start reaching out. Now, the tool we use for that is called Ahrefs. It's not a very user friendly. Can you say the name of that one again? Yeah, yeah. So, a a h refs a h r e f s dot com a h r e f s. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So that's a that's a tool you would use for you know when you want to find out what sites are linking to another article. I'll give you an example. So. If you do a search on Google and you want to rank, for example, I wrote an article on Twitter Analytics recently. I wanted to rank on Twitter Analytics. So I search Google and I find who's in the top 10. So then what I do is I pick out a post out of there and I see maybe, you know, an older article is there that's quite out of date. Then I put that into Ahrefs and find out who's linking to that piece of content. And then you can start reaching out to them and say, hey, you know, you're linking to this piece of content. It's a little bit out of date. I've just after writing a new piece of content around this topic, maybe you'd want to link to this instead. Because the linking is, is still still really important, the, the linking. So there's two sides. So you can do it on the, the search side to see the most popular content and then also from social media and then also from Google search as well. Okay, so so far we've talked about tools that allow you to um, develop editorial calendars. We've talked about tools that allow you to find popular content. And we've talked about um, Yoast, which is a tool that allows you to do S search engine optimization. Any other tools that are within this category before we move on to um, some other tools? Yeah, does, um, the one I've started to use a lot recently is Inbound Writer. And uh, so Inbound Writer is a more expensive tool. You're talking about, I think it's over $400 a month. Whoa. Uh, you know, so it's, it's not cheap. But the thing about it is, is what you do is you put in your keywords that you want to rank on and it's going to give you a, a green or a, a red status. And the green status means you have a very good chance of getting organic traffic on this. And uh, it's a, a real complicated algorithm behind the scenes that analyzes all the search results, analyzes all the terms and everything, and it's just keyword-driven. So, and, wait, wait, real quick, do, do, you, do you use this tool after you've crafted your post and it looks at your content, or how does it do that, do you know? So you do it before you even craft the content. Oh. So 
their all their whole concept is the fact that the majority of content you write on the blog or most people write in the blog maybe not social media examiner but the the majority of content people write in a blog doesn't get any ongoing organic traffic so what this is is predictive content analytics to tell you before you put pen to paper will this rank on google Hmm. And, and tip, typically the results, now we've seen results where if we write an article that has a green status on inbound writer, we'll get twice the organic traffic once it just has a green status. Uh, so if it's red, we'll get less traffic on it. Isn't and there seen, other ways to get at this, like with SEM Rush and other kinds of tools like this? Or is it, it, you know, I mean, it, or is there some crazy mad science that these guys are doing to figure this out? There's some complicated science behind the scenes and it just seems to work really well. You know, they don't share the full algorithm behind the scenes, but it's as simple as green status, more traffic, you know, so you're wasting less of your time writing content that gets initial traffic and no ongoing traffic. You, you mentioned the SEM Rush, which is a, an excellent tool as well. So for SEM Rush, if I'm looking to see what my competitor is ranking for on Google search results, I'll just put in the website address into SEMrush and I'll get a list of the top 10 keywords they're ranking for for free. So that's the free version. And the paid version, then I can see hundreds of keywords they're ranking for. So, you know, if you want to take some of your competitors' traffic, your traffic you want to find out, well, what are they ranking for? And then you might start writing better articles than them based mm. around these keywords. Interesting. Now, back to Inbound Writer. Is this a web-based software as a service thing or is it a plugin? No, it's a, it's a web-based. So, yeah, you go to inboundwriter.com and you log in from there. And do they have do they take into account the credibility of your existing blog or are they just assuming all bloggers are equal and they're just pretty much analyzing the keyword phrase to try to determine whether there's an opportunity there or not? No, they're, they're, they're definitely analyzing your blog uh, to look at the, the authority of your blog, the authority of other blogs, the keywords you're targeting. Is the keyword, you know, they'll analyze your content on your site to see if you've got other, a lot of other content similar, you know, and then they'll come up and say, well, you have a 44% chance of, of ranking for this or you have a 100% chance of ranking for this. Sometimes it comes down to the level of promotion you do. But it is a really good gauge for if you've got a good chance of getting regular ongoing traffic. Awesome. I know a lot of people right now are smiling like this is if the podcast ended now, <laughs> we've got a lot of value out of this. But we're, we're going to keep going because we know there's a lot more cool stuff to talk about. Um, so let's talk about promotion, social promotion. Uh, and social, any kind of tools, you know, the, from the social side of things that can hook into your blog. Um, where do you want to start? Well, uh, I, I had a, um, a post recently. It was about how to get a thousand shares on a blog post. Mm. And there's a, a process to follow. And you can start off by going, well, what's the type of content, content you're writing? And you mentioned, Mike, before that, you know, sometimes I do posts where I include influential people within the post. And when you include influential people in the post relevant to your niche, well, there's a good chance that they will share out the content and that's going to drive shares and traffic and everything. So the starting point is the piece of content you start with. And then it's the promotion tactics after you publish that piece of content. You you are better to, you know, for the promotion side of things, 
uh, I'll share maybe a few tactics. So one is uh, Topsy.com gives you an index of all tweets going back to 2006. But if I post something, uh, I might go to Topsy and I'll search Topsy for those keywords. I'm looking, I'm looking for the most recent tweets uh, to see who's sharing content that's related to those keywords. And then I can filter that to see the influential people that may have a large following that are sharing similar content. Then I can reach out on Twitter and say, hey, you shared this piece of content. I thought you might be interested in this. And just by doing that gets a lot of them, people are looking for new content to share. So once your approach is nice and friendly in your tweet, there's a good chance they will share that out. Hmm. So T-O-P-S-Y, Topsy, yeah. allows you to put in a keyword phrase like social media marketing. Yeah. And then it will show you over a time period, will it show you the people that tweet about it the most? Or, or, or I mean, this is I'm struggling with this a little bit. How does that work? Yeah, so you can put in and say, well, I want to see it, you know, over six months or you want to see it over the last 24 hours. Okay. So so ideally you're looking for somebody that's influential, that's shared similar content recently. Ah. So they, they showed an interest in the so content. So you could recently. reply to that particular tweet and say, hey, you might also like this kind of a thing? Exactly, exactly. And, yeah. you know, it's contextual, it's relevant. Now, is yeah. Topsy a paid tool? Uh, no, it's free. Actually, Apple bought it a long while ago. Really? I, I, I think that, yeah, yeah, I know. I don't, I, I don't know why they bought it, but uh, and they still, it's still available to use. I think there's a paid version, but it's not, you don't see the paid version advertised, and I've never, never needed to use the paid version. So, is the main purpose for this to search for people that are actively sharing around a topic and then just say, hey, here's something else you might be interested in? Or is there other applications here? Well, I mean, people, that's that's the way I use it, but people would use it just to find maybe relevant people to follow, mm. find influential people, find ideas for content related to a topic. Does it give you some sort of a clout score or influential rating? How do they know if someone is influential or not? Is it just based on some sort of weird algorithm that nobody understands? Yeah, you don't see the algorithm. Behind the scenes, they may be using the Twitter following engagement and clout, you know, or a combination. So you don't know. But generally, if you look at the influential people, they have a high number of Twitter followers and they've got a good engaged following as well. What about on the social sharing side? Uh, the or, You know, how can I say this? When someone visits your blog post and they choose to share because you're using certain kinds of tools that enable that sharing, do you have any recommended ones? Yeah, I've started using Social Warfare recently. Um, they've done a lot of work. Actually, I found, you know, six months ago it was buggy, you know, and I stopped. I didn't use it, but they've put a lot of work into it recently. And I think you need to make it very easy for people to share. You know, so when somebody comes to our site across the top, you'll see sharing. And as you scroll down, you'll see sharing on the, the left-hand side. And also on a mobile device, you know, if about 20% of your traffic is coming from a mobile device, when was the last time you checked your mobile device to see, can you share that content easily? Hmm. A lot of the plugins don't support that properly, so you're missing out on a lot of shares. So the key is just to make it very easy uh, to share. The other one I was using is Flare. So uh, Flare is quite a similar one as well. So which which one was the first one you recommended? Uh, social warfare. Social just, warfare, and then you said you were using something called Boogie before that. 
uh, I was using Flare before. Be Flare, Flare. Oh, I before thought I heard that. Boogie. I'm like, what the heck no, is Boogie? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I said, I said yeah, that. I know what Flare is. Flare was a lot like Dig Dig, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And Dig Dig, I think, just hasn't been updated in forever, so I don't necessarily yeah. recommend it. But that was the first one that kind of had that floating thing as you're scrolling down the page. Yeah. Um, and then um, um, Social Warfare. I've heard a lot of good things about Social Warfare. Uh, one of the cool things that you can do, my understanding is you can go ahead and uh, add an embedded image. Um, it's kind of a tricky system, but you can um, uh, you can you can somehow set your tweets to have images in them so that when someone retweets it, there's an image automatically included, which is requires a little magic kind of sauce kind of stuff, but it, they've enabled it. And they're the only one that I'm aware of that enables that. And I think it involves... Uh, allowing the blogger to customize the way the tweet is going to look after the article publishes and um, putting that URL in there for that image uh, will automatically uh, throw it in there, which is, I think, pretty cool because I think visual sharing is really the future, especially with Twitter. Yeah, exactly. So from a Pinterest point of view, you're able to uh, specify an image. So it might be a different image that's on the page so you sharing it with the right size and dimensions. So I think that's a good one. I think Dustin behind, that's involved in that project. Dustin is the, one of the guys, and he's a he's a designer. Yeah, Dustin you know, Stout, so, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. We met him at Social Media Marketing World. Yeah. Um, cool. Anything else that you're using on this promotion or scheduling or any kind of the you know that side of the equation? Yeah, I mean, I use uh, Post Planner a lot for scheduling out content. And the thing about, you know, Twitter and Facebook is like, you know, most people don't get to see your content. We know that reach is low on Facebook and it's probably worse on Twitter because your tweet doesn't last very long. So you need to have a strategy for scheduling that content multiple times over a period. So we post our content, we'd post it on a blog, we post it eight hours later, eight hours later again, we post it the next day, we post it the next week, and then we post it every month after that. And that just means, you know, existing content gets ongoing traffic. Once that content is not out of date, you need to just keep on publishing and, and promoting it. Now, when I say I, I post it now and eight hours later, if you go to my Twitter feed, you, you're going to see lots of other people's content in between that. So it's not your content right after each other. So you have other pieces of content. But the chances of the same person seeing that content now and in eight hours time is extremely low. You know, and even if they did, they may not have remembered it. So you need to, particularly on Twitter, be more aggressive on Twitter. I'm not that aggressive on Facebook. On Facebook, we might post it now, post it a week later and then post it, you know, every three months. But on Twitter, you can be more aggressive with your posting. So what does Post Planner do for you exactly then? So Post Planner is two sides. There's a content discovery engine for helping you to discover content. So if you want it, you can share your own content. But then you can say, well, show me the most shared content in, you know, in marketing, in a group called marketing, which consists of 20 different blogs that you've added. Show me the most shared content for that today. And then I can add that to a queue. And it has a really good queuing system where you specify the times you want content posted out at and you just click a button, add it to a queue, and then Post Planner looks after it after that. And then you can requeue items as well. So when it goes to the end of the queue, it can start resending the, the first item that was in the queue. 
Is this purely just for Twitter? It's Facebook and Twitter. Gotcha. Not LinkedIn necessarily or Google Plus. No. Okay. No, they don't don't support any of them. So it's just Facebook and Twitter. Gotcha. If you if you want to cross other platforms, we do use uh, Edgar. So if you go to meetedgar.com, that supports other platforms. It supports LinkedIn and Google Plus as well. And as a similar sharing concept, it doesn't have the content discovery element that Post Planner has, but it has a very good sharing element. Yeah. Is there is there I've heard things about Meet Edgar. Is there some, I heard that there were some sort of little different kinds of buckets you can create or something like that. Do you, yeah, how does that yeah. work? It's, it's very smart. I think that uh, Edgar took a step ahead of other providers in this field because what they did is they said, well, you put everything into different buckets. So you have a bucket where you go, well, you know, here's quotes I want to share. Here's other people's content. Here's my content. Here's a promotion I want to share. Then you just put content into each bucket. So like Buffer almost, huh? except it's got different buckets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It has the scheduling for Buffer, but it's smarter on the the way the buckets are are worked. And then when you set up your schedule, you say, oh, at four o'clock today, I want to send a promotion piece of content. At six o'clock, I want to send somebody else's content. And at eight o'clock, I want to send something else. Hmm. So it just picks from the bucket. And then when it gets the end of the queue, then it starts back up again. So you just keep on topping up that bucket. And then all the time, all day, then whatever your schedule is, there's always a regular flow of content going out. All right. Well, so far we've talked about uh, tools that you can install onto your WordPress site to help you with the editing process. We've talked about tools that allow you to get search engine optimization and optimize, you know, discovery tools where you can determine which sites have, you know, uh, w- you know which either personalities or sites have great content. And then we've talked about, um, heck we've talked about a lot. I mean, I, what, what yeah. are we missing? Is there anything else that we should be recommending as far as tools for bloggers? Interesting. Yeah. I, I have to go through my head, all the different stuff we talked about. I think we gave a good, we talked about Edaflow, BuzzSumo, yeah. Uprise, SEM rush. Yeah. Inbound. And, writer. And, and, go ahead. Analytics, I suppose is the, the key thing is that once you, you get all the traffic and everything. There's well, there's a couple of, a couple of things actually. One is email, and the other is analytics. So from you know when you do get that traffic to your blog post, I read a statistic recently that said that seventy percent of your website traffic never comes back. Mm. So they visit once and never come back. So you need to have some way of capturing their details so that you can promote your content because. If you got somebody to subscribe, well, they've shown an interest in your content. So if you send your newsletter out with another piece of content, they're likely to visit it, they're likely to share it, and that's going to help drive more traffic. So uh, the tool we really like is uh, Optin Monster. It's for, they've all various different opt-ins, but one of the most powerful ones is Exit Intent. So you can, it's an Exit Intent pop-up. So somebody could be browsing to your website for an hour and they don't see any pop-up. But when they're about to leave, this will pop up and say, you know, sorry to see you go. Would you like to subscribe? Here's a free guide. So it's a pop-up, but it's not annoying because it's not disrupting you while you're browsing. It's only on exit. And that's extremely important to keep on building that list. And that's your community you're building. What I like about it is it does allow you to create all sorts of little special effects too, like little wiggles and stuff, just kind of yeah. little, cause it is really interrupting you as you're trying to go. 
It's kind of like the sales guy at the door saying, whoa, whoa, wait, don't go yet. I got something free for you. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it does annoy some people, but it works, you know, and you can, you can experiment and do split testing, right? Yeah. And I think that's one of the cool things about it is the fact that you can experiment with different things on the split test side and then see if it works or not and then just, you know, tweak and refine as you go. Yeah, I mean, it's lots, and it's quite easy to use as well. So, and you can you can try. There's all sorts of opt-ins available, so you can get one that comes in at the the bottom part of your screen, and and then you can get sidebar ones. So you can use all different variations, and then you can get analytics on them, so you can see well which one is converting, and do a split test easily and see which is better, A or B, because. Quite often when you put up the opt-in, your first opt-in may not get you good conversion. So you need to play around with it until you get the right message and the right offer for people. So it's compelling enough for people to enter their email address and subscribe. Now, you also mentioned, and you know, this is great for email capture. And it, yes, it does provide some analytics. But are there other analytics tools that we ought to be using as bloggers? I mean, I think it, like it's Google Analytics is is the the main one. I think if we didn't too many analytics tools, people might use any, but stick to Google Analytics because it provides you so much information and it's free. And one of the key areas within analytics to set up, I think, is goals. So your goals is a way of tracking, you know, what what you want to happen on your website. You can track that within goals. So, for example, if you said, "Well, I want people on my blog post." to you know opt in on the email address and then you bring them to a thank you page and say thank you very much for subscribing well then in analytics you can check well how many people subscribe today you know from that particular blog post and you can even check then did somebody how many people came from facebook and actually subscribed how many people came from twitter and subscribed so very simple to set up the goals but hugely powerful yeah, and another cool thing that a lot of people don't realize about Google Analytics is depending on your shopping cart software that you use, you can also um, have that integrate with your Google, Google Analytics. We use one shopping cart, and it integrates with our analytics. And what's really cool is it reports, um, when we make a sale, it reports uh, the dollar amount of the sale and all the background data that goes with that sale. So we can kind of look at, for example, if we're selling a ticket to social media marketing world at this price, we can look at all the people that bought at that price and, and in that time frame and get all sorts of interesting insight about how many pages they looked at. I mean, it, Google Analytics is, I, I often say it's like flying an airplane, you know, there's so much there. Or it's like operating like, you know, one of those crazy soundboards that you see when you're like taking a snapshot of like a TV station. There's so many knobs and things that you can you can turn that may be completely making your eyes roll back, but the power is there and the fact that it's free is it blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And that, that's why you don't really have to go elsewhere because there, like you say, there's so much functionality in there. But you just need to spend a bit of time with, with Google Analytics, you know, and it, there's it, it'll be extremely useful. Well, we have covered a huge array of different cool tools. And I know that everyone that's listening is, hasn't tried them all. And I'm sure some people are like, oh, my gosh, I got to go try that. Um, Ian, where can we discover more about you and all the great stuff that you're writing about and your Digital Influencer Club? Cool. Well, uh, the razorsocial.com is where um, 
the best place to go to find out about what we're doing. Or if you go to uh, community.razorsocial.com, that's our digital influencer club. It's a monthly membership club. Uh, either of them places, you'll always find me there. Ian Cleary, Social Tools Guy, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you very much, Mike. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I hope you got a lot out of today's interview with Ian. I know I did. If there was anything that we mentioned and you didn't catch it, which I'm guessing there probably was because we mentioned a million different apps, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 171. That stands for episode 171. Are you new to the podcast? Well, if you are, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player so you don't ever miss a future episode. It's free. You can't be free. Well, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.